When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We here at Growing Up Rock headquarters want to thank all of you, the listeners, for all of the support over the last six years. Managing our two co-hosts has been a challenge, but knowing that our listeners deserve the best, we power through to give you the best episodes possible every single week. Now, crank it up. Hollywood, another year in the books, and we're celebrating our sixth birthday around here at Grown Up Rock Central. Holy shit, six years we've been doing this crap. Are we that big of losers and have not any kind of life that we got to do six years in our parents' basement? What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, six years of this crap. I love that. No, my problem is six years with you. I could have chosen anybody to spend the last six years with, and my stupid ass chose you. <laughs> I have that kind of spell to put on people. I mean, we've pointed out you were stupid enough to choose six years with me. My wife was stupid enough to choose six years with me. I must have some sort of charisma. What do you think? Uh, that's a no. <laughs> Well, you told me on day one that we met that you were, um, well, how did you put it? A acquired taste, I believe, were your uh, exact words. And I would agree with that. I think that you're an acquired taste, but over the years, I've grown to ignore what I need to ignore and take what I need to take from you. So it's worked out well. Yeah, I think I said something like, I'm an acquired taste personality-wise, and I plan on doing no work. So if you're good with that, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty close to what you said. And as the years have gone, you've actually done more and more work, which has been nice because six years later, I don't think we'd be doing this podcast if I was still doing all the work. And that's just being real. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, we started this uh, Friday Quick Fix a month or two ago. And since then, you've been loading up my inbox with episodes. And I told you today, I said, just start a folder and hold on to them till I call again, because I'm so far behind at uploading episodes. And, you know, when you upload episodes, you have to write show notes and do all this other stuff for it. So there's a little bit of work that goes into each one, but you're whipping them out like uh, they're candy on a conveyor belt. And, and it's just like, I'm underwater right now. Stop. I feel like Lucille Ball trying to keep up with the fudge coming off the conveyor belt. 
Yeah, my problem is when creativity strikes, it just strikes hard. And if I have time, time plus my creativity striking is a bad mojo. So I just start going and ideas start flowing and I can turn it off when I want to, but then it's hard to turn back on. So I usually just let it sputter out and then, you know, there's a little bit of time that goes by and then we go into it again. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just could keep up with it. So just put them in folders and we'll get to them. <laughs> They'll be there when you're done. But a lot has gone down in six years. This last year has seen a lot of change for us in joining the Pantheon family of podcasts. We've started this Friday quick fix every Friday and re-releases of old episodes on Wednesdays. And we've done a lot of stuff this year. Uh, and it's been a pretty exciting time. And the numbers have grown and our listeners has grown and our, I don't like calling them fans because I prefer to call them listeners and part of the loud minority Facebook group and family. So uh, just participants in this crazy thing we call the Grown Up Rock podcast. It's been fun. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording, you know, people reach out to me once or twice a week about something, right? Uh, hey, check this out. Hey, have you ever thought about doing this as an idea? None of those people would have ever reached out if we didn't have the podcast because I would not know any of those people, right? So we had all these friends and listeners that we, some we've met and some we would possibly never meet, but it's cool to have them. I guess it's cool that anybody cares. It's odd to me because a lot of times I don't care about anybody, but seems to be <laughs> that somebody cares about us. Well, it's nice to connect through music. And, you know, I've said it before, my wife and I, we don't necessarily connect through music because she's not the huge music fan. However, she's been there every step of the way for the podcast. She's been there through all the Monsters of Rock cruises. So we've done a lot because of the podcast together, but I can't have these in-depth conversations usually with her when it's regarding music and, you know, what do we think of the latest Eclipse song? What do we think of the latest Buck Cherry record? You know, I mean, she doesn't care about that stuff. She'll have an opinion if I ask her, but but I can't really connect with her in that way. So it's nice to be able to connect to other listeners, yourself, other podcasters. That's a big thing. It's been a fun six years and hopefully we'll keep going because it's just gotten really good the last year for sure. Yeah, six years. Good Lord. It's time for the Crank It Up Music Spotlight. Today's Crank It Up Spotlight has to go along with our theme of six. So I figured why not take something from the latest stream album, Six. Here's a song called The Mask. Let's give it a listen and we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. We're all thinner. Show me who you are, show me 
show you who I am, show you who I am, show you who I am. Rip off your mask and show me who you are, show me who you are, show me who you are. Rip off my mask, I'll show you who I am, show you who I am, show you who I am. We're all secrets and we're all told. We're all the things that we wish to be whole. So I went on the website. I got the physical CD. And when I first listened to the entire CD, I get to this song and I'm like, who the hell's doing the vocal? Like, who is that? Right? So go to the CD jacket, look through everything. It doesn't say. So you wouldn't even know this was an extreme song until it really gets to the chorus and you actually hear Gary's normal voice. So my guess is that's either Pat or Nuno doing that low kind of weird thing in the verse. I love the song. Don't get me wrong. I think it's catchy as hell. I've been humming it for three weeks now. But I don't know who's doing that first vocal. So anybody that knows anything about it, Stream, knows that they don't play it the same way all the way through. They come from the School of Queen. They like to mix it up and do all kinds of different styles and genres in an album and try to make it cohesive. So for me, it's a really strange song. I'll be honest with you, and I put this on back to back because I thought it really, really reminded me of it. But a lot of the beginning of The Mask reminds me of The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. I know that sounds nuts, but go listen to it and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. I don't know whose vocal that is either. I said the same exact thing as you. I'm like, who's doing that vocal? It's an acquired taste, much like my co-host, but I do like it. I just don't know if I love it. And I think probably if I spend more time with it, I'll enjoy it more. And to be honest, again, it's always a challenge for me to spend the amount of time I want with any particular album these days. And I haven't spent a ton of time. I know people love this record. And I know some people are like, I don't know what everybody's tripping on. This record's not that good. And I think the people that say that want the same extreme song after song after song, and they're never going to get that. That's not what they're about. The people that love it, I think, probably love like three sides to every story and waiting for the punchline and things like that. So we'll see. But there's a lot of great stuff on this record, no doubt. And I love it, Stream. I'm looking forward to seeing them once again on Monsters of Rock next year. And another killer guitar solo, right? Always. So amazing. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. So, since we're doing the sixth anniversary, you know, I love numbers, and we got to have some fun, like, thing around sixes. So, I found some interesting things, just to give you an idea of how my mind works. If you didn't already know, it's all over the place. All right. So, this is in no particular order. Did you know Steve Vai's birthday is on 6-6? Six, six? Was he born in 66? <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> but here's a crazy one. So, my sixth concert ever that I attended was on September 6th. 1986, Loverboy opened for Dokken at this amusement park in Northern California called Great America. And it was Dokken's sixth show on that tour. Interesting. I'm not sure how you figured all that out. So what I did there was I'm like, all right, let me go to, well, I have all my concerts that I'm in the spreadsheet, right? So I got all the dates with that. So that part was easy. Then So I know it's my sixth show. And then I go to Dokken's site and go, all right, give me the tour history. And it was a sixth show on there. And I'm like, wow. That's crazy. All right. Give me your best guess at what you think Tom Cruise's sixth movie was. So let's see. One of the early ones was Taps, All the Right Moves, Risky Business. What else was in there? His sixth movie. I'm going to say All the Right Moves. And that is correct. (laughs) So it went Endless Love, Taps. The Outsiders, Losing It, and Risky Business, and then All the Right Moves. Wow. I love Taps. Taps was a good movie. And I think everybody loved Risky Business. Not a reason not to love it. Yeah. Okay. The 10 highest grossing TV sitcoms of all time. Okay. So this is the sitcoms that have made the most money all time. Top 10. You would not believe who is number six. $1.5 billion in revenues. Do you remember Frasier? Yeah, of course. I love Frasier. Number six on this list. It was ahead of Seinfeld. Wow. Seinfeld's at number seven. Now, the difference is Frasier's got more money coming in because they were around longer, right? So they're going to have reruns and blah, blah, blah. And Seinfeld held off being on Netflix and Paramount and all that shit. Where Frasier, you could find it everywhere. You know what I'm starting to realize, too, is that even though Seinfeld was really popular, Apparently, there were a lot of places that didn't get Seinfeld and didn't understand it and didn't necessarily, you know, it didn't transfer across all age groups and stuff. And I think that's one of the things I'm starting to realize, whereas a show like Frasier, I think, probably did. So to give you that top 10 list, by the way, number 10 is Two and a Half Men. Nine is Grey's Anatomy. Eight is Everybody Loves Raymond. Seven is Seinfeld. Six is Frasier. Five is Cheers. Four is Big Bang Theory. Three is Modern Family. Two is Friends. And the number one highest grossing TV sitcom of all time is MASH. The Simpsons. The Simpsons, of course. Because when you got 20 years and you're available literally everywhere on reruns, can't stop making money. And you never have to pay the actors. You have to pay the voiceovers, I guess. But yeah. It's not like the same thing. I mean, you can and they do basically make that show forever. 
So as you know, my beautiful middle daughter, Gianna, got married, right? Yeah. They went to Mexico. So she doesn't understand the whole foreign exchange, pesos to dollars, blah, 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 blah. So I go on the site and uh, try to give her an idea of how much a dollar's worth. <laughs> on that day, a peso was worth exactly six cents. <laughs> Can't make this shit up. <laughs> That's funny. Sixth president of the United States was? You don't have a fucking clue. You have to look it up. It's going to be one of those dudes <laughs> I've never heard of, isn't it? John Quincy Adams. John Adams. Damn it. I should know that from the HBO show. <laughs> Sixth man to walk on the moon was Edgar Mitchell. He was a U.S. astronaut, February 1971, by the way. Never heard of him. He was the sixth guy to walk the moon. That's why. That's why you never heard of him. As of three weeks ago from this recording, because this probably changes all the time, the sixth richest person in the world is Steve Ballmer. Do you know who that is? Never heard of him. He's worth $118 billion. He owns the Los Angeles Clippers, but $109 billion of that $118 billion is ownership stock in Microsoft. Wow, really? Yeah. Did he work at Microsoft? I'm assuming so. My guess is he's a founder. I don't know. Huh. I never heard that guy's name. Yeah. Um, You've heard of the Fortune 500 list? Yep. Number six on the Fortune 500 list this year is CVS Health. It goes Walmart. Amazon, ExxonMobil, Apple, United Health Group, and CBS Health. Wow. I'm backdating. I'm back on the apps. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy it. It's not a safe space out there. It's not fun. The women are so demanding. They got a lot of requirements. I want a man six feet. I want him to have six figures. He needs at least six inches of dick. I was like, you just summoned the devil. <laughs> The vagina is only four inches. Why do you need six? <laughs> so the other piece that we were going to do, and we've done this different ways, depending on what anniversary we're celebrating, we decided to pick six bands, their sixth album, and the sixth song on that album, and share that with you, correct? Six, 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 baby. <laughs> six, six, six. So I'm going to share my six first, and then I want to get your thoughts on it, and I will play some of the songs for you. Before I even get started, I'm going to tell you that all these bands we're going to talk about, right, including Extreme and including what we talk about on the Kiss Connection, all the bands we're going to talk about today, all but two are in my top 100 of all time. By the way, the two were yours. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you could probably pick out out of your I know exactly who two. the two are. <laughs> so I'm going to go with my six first, and the first one is Black Label Society. So their sixth album was released in 2005 called Mafia. Sick song is You Must Be Blind. So at this point in time, the band is Zach Wilde on guitar and vocals, James Lomenzo on bass, Craig Nukemacher on drums. I love the chugging riff on this song, which is obviously a BLS staple if you're a fan. There's plenty of pinch harmonics for everybody because you know, we're at Mafia, and I think all the 2000s, all uh, pretty much Zach did was hit that pinch harmonic. The chorus, I will say, is a little iffy, but I really like the verses, and I like the overall feel of the song. So the guitar solo is great, even though it's not as like clean and chunky as some of the other Zach solos, but it's definitely very interesting. So check out a little bit of You Must Be Blind. What is shaking? Zach Wild, Black Little Society, all doing a hang on Growing Up Rock Podcast. Yeah.
My second choice is from Buck Cherry, and I get it. You know, you talk to people, they're love-hate with this band, but at Growing Up Rock headquarters, man, we love Buck Cherry. So their sixth album was released in 2013 called Confessions. So if you remember, this was the album that had a song named after all the seven deadly sins. The song I'm going to pick wasn't one of those because the song was called Water. That was a sixth song on the album. Super catchy chorus. I like that the verses are a little subdued, so kind of listen for that. Then the song kind of builds to the chorus. You get that a lot in songs. But I love that Josh is kind of like harmonizing with himself, and then the higher voice takes you to the chorus, which is a little more unique. Very, very well written. A lot of earworms. Check out a little bit of water. Next for me, I'm going to go with Whitesnake, and their sixth album is The Incredible Slide It In. Sixth song off of that, first single they released, Guilty of Love. So, you know, we talk about Whitesnake a lot. I'm a huge Whitesnake fan. Now, even Slide It In, though, I only listen to the U.S. version because to me, the U.K. version is unlistenable. If I accidentally put on that version, I have to run to shut it off. I cannot handle the U.K. version for some reason. So, on the version that I love, the members are Coverdale on vocals, obviously, John Sykes on guitar, Neil Murray on bass, John Lord on keyboards, Cozy Powell on drums. Entire album is absolutely perfect. It's a Desert Island album for me. Here's a little bit of Guilty of Love. For my fourth pick, I went with a deeper cut, so let's talk about House of Lords. So this band is not exactly a household name, I get it. They got a ton of great songs, though, if you follow them. Their sixth album, Come to My Kingdom, was released in 2008, and the sixth song on that album is called In a Perfect World. So at this point, the band's had some changes over time. James Christian was on vocals, Jimmy Bell on guitar, Chris McCarville on bass, BJ Zampa on drums. So all but Chris are still in the band, what is that, 15 years later. 
but they have a different Chris on base, actually, and his name is Tristram. So it's Chris Tristram instead of Chris McCarvel. In a perfect world, the song has a great riff. James sounds amazing. It's a great melodic deep cut for those of our listeners that love melodic rock and roll. You've probably never heard this, so check a little bit of it out. Yeah, I don't really care about your flirtations, For my fifth pick, I'm going to go with Journey. In Journey's Journey, get it? Journey's Journey? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Their sixth album was released in 80 called Departure. A lot of our listeners probably have this album. The sixth song off that great album is Where Were You? So at this point in the band's journey, did you get that one? The band's journey? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. All right. Just making sure. The drama hasn't quite started yet. You got Steve Perry on vocals, Neil Shaw on guitar, Greg Rowley on keyboards. He hasn't left yet. Ross Valerie on bass. Everybody's still in love with him off and on. (laughs) And Steve Smith on drums. The band's had a lot of drama over the past few years. But in 1980, man, Steve Perry sounds great. And Where Were You is a little more of a rocking song. So it has some honky-tonk piano, but it's tolerable because it plays off some of the noodling guitar that Neil's doing. Here's a little bit of Where Were You. Finally, for my sixth and last pick, we're going to go with Bon Jovi. There's a plenty, plenty of drama in this band, too, over the years. But the sixth album for them gets released in 1995. Everybody's still getting along and is called These Days. The sixth song on that album is called Damned. So the band member-wise at that point, John Bon Jovi on vocals, Sam Boris still on guitar, David Bryan on keyboards, Tico Torres on drums, and they already have Hugh McDonald filling in on bass, which we find out later on. Hugh was doing a lot of that in even albums before this. This song takes about 30 seconds to get started. So we're going to cut that 30 seconds out. But then the verses build into this great chorus. The song does kind of feel like it could have been on the Young Gun soundtrack. So 
you know, it is 1995 and John is coming off that basically number one. What I know he had a couple of number one hits. I think it was a number one album at some point, too. But uh, this song's good overall. So check out Dan. So what do you think about those six songs? So that's an interesting six. The BLS song, You Must Be Blind, I didn't know it by title, but as soon as I played it, I was like, oh yeah, I like this one. That whole Mafia record is pretty damn good. I just couldn't place that uh, song title, but yeah, I dug it. The Buck Cherry record, so Confessions, to be honest, I did not love Confessions when it first came out. Now, over the years, I've found some love in some of the songs, especially some of the ones that they do live still to this day. Water's okay. I mean, I didn't hate it. I wouldn't say that it's up there in my top Buck Cherry songs, but it's all right. White Snake, Guilty of Love, What's There to Say About Sliding In? It's a great record. The House of Lords. So I don't consider myself an Uber House of Lords fan, but I am a fan. And I was not familiar at all with Come to My Kingdom. I had to look this record up because I was like, uh, that's not ringing any bells. I've not heard this record, but I do like this song. I think the song's great. Is the rest of the record sort of in that vein or is there a lot of slow shit on it? Pretty much everything House of Lords nowadays is more mid-tempo. They're slow stuff. You always get ballads. You got James Christian. I mean, that's just how it is. But but you don't get like Kiss of Fire. Like there's not songs like that anymore. And that's not really Jimmy's style anyway. Yeah, I like that song a lot uh, in a perfect world. That's good stuff. What can I say about Journey? I could say that this is one of my favorite Journey tunes, but that's kind of hard to say since there are so many freaking Journey tunes that are my favorite Journey songs. I love Where Were You. In fact, Where Were You reminds me of like the precursor to the song Escape. They're very similar songs. And I just, I love rock and journey. What's there not to love? Steve Perry's vocals with Neil's guitar. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. And then the Bon Jovi. So you said that maybe this was something that could have come off the Young Guns soundtrack. I actually heard this song coming off of like Keep the Faith. So that's where I would hear this song. It's a good song. Nothing to hate on about this song uh, for Bon Jovi. So we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight! Oh man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? (laughs) 
It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. One of the things that I'm realizing when I went to start pulling songs and albums for this episode is that a lot of bands' sixth album are not necessarily great albums. And usually the sixth song on those records are really not good. I went through a lot of bands and I was like, you know, these were bands that I like because you have to pick a band that has a pretty good career if you're talking about six albums or more. And when you get away from the first, second, third song and you start to get deeper into the record and you're getting to that six, seven, eight songs, some of those songs are not that great. So just an interesting investigative uh, venture for me. But I found what I think is a great six-pack of songs. So I will start with my first song and my first choice, and that comes from the band ACDC. Now, I know that they're not a deep track type band, but I'm going to go to their sixth album, which is the Highway to Hell album, came out in 79, and the sixth song on that is Shot Down in Flames. I absolutely love this album, but I love this song in particular because this song to me really, really showcases Bon Scott's lyrics, the way he writes lyrics. She was standing alone over by the jukebox like she's something to sell. I said, baby, what's the going price? And she told me to go to hell. That's poetry, baby. I absolutely love that. Check out a snippet of Shot Down in Flames. Yeah. 
moving on to a much newer band as far as Sonny and I are concerned. We're going to go with Heat from Sweden. Of course, we've talked about Heat a whole bunch here on the podcast. Their sixth album is Heat 2. Weird, I know. They named it too. But it's the last one to feature Eric Gronwall on vocals. And the sixth song on that album is Adrenaline. I feel the So this record for me is almost a perfect record. I love this record so much. Uh, It really, really disappointed me when Eric left the band after this record because I was looking forward to the records to come with him. But uh, hey, he went on to bigger and better things, I guess. So uh, it's all good. But yeah, Heat 2 is a great record for me. And Adrenaline is just another good song on that record. I moved from there to another classic band in Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden's sixth album is Somewhere in Time, and it's actually the last Iron Maiden record for me as an Uber fan before they sort of lost me uh, with that seventh son of a seventh son of a seventh son, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, they sort of lost me with that. So Somewhere in Time was kind of the last record that I really, really enjoyed by them. And uh, the sixth song off that is the classic Stranger in a Strange Land. Love this riff. Moving on to Mr. Big. Sonny and I are both Mr. Big fans, but we're talking about their sixth album, and their sixth album is called Actual Size. Now, this is their second record with Richie Kotzen on guitar, 
and he does some singing as well. It's also their last record with Richie Kotzen on guitar. Uh, if you know anything about Mr. Big, you know Paul Gilbert left for a short stint, and Richie Kotzen stepped in. To me, it had some really, really good stuff on this record because Richie's voice and Eric's voice just complement each other, and Richie actually does co-vocals on the sixth song on this record, which is Suffocation. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, you know, the handsome one that stands right in the middle between Billy Sheehan and Paul Gilbert. Yeah, a little short, but still sexy as hell. You're listening to me on the Growing Up Rock podcast with Stephen and Sonny. interesting thing about that song because it sounds like a richie Kotzen composition to me but he didn't write it at all it was written by lanny cordova is it cordova or cordala how do you pronounce his name lanny from house of lords i think it's cordola yeah so lanny co-wrote that along with chuck wright which i thought was interesting they had some interesting co-writers on actual size it wasn't just the band uh and that was one of the compositions that had outside writers and i think it was pat torpy lanny cordala and uh chuck wright that were the writers on that song but i like that song i like the kind of groove and funk of that tune a lot and just eric and uh, richie's vocals are fantastic on that song moving on to judas priest Another classic band with a lot of records under their belt, but their sixth album was a classic for me. We talked about it on the Holy Trilogy, British Steel, one of my all-time favorite Judas Priest records. And the sixth song off of that one is a deep track that I know a lot of people don't necessarily like. I like it. It's a little different for Priest because it's a bit poppier for them. But I like this uh, song. I like the whole record, to be honest. But you don't have to be old to be wise.
And then we're going to close out this six-pack with another classic band in Cheap Trick. We don't talk a whole lot about Cheap Trick on here because they got so much stuff. Sonny's not necessarily a huge fan. He's kind of a hits fan. And uh, I'm not far off of that. But I've been digging into their catalog a lot more over the past couple of years. And then their sixth album is a classic from 1982 called One on One. That record's got a whole bunch of stuff on it. And the sixth song on that record is a classic Cheap Trick tune, and she's tight. I had something got to say to you. So that is my six pack. Your thoughts, sir? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so with the ACDC song, you know, simple riff, undeniable groove. It's basically like a girl's got rhythms, little brother. I like that girl's in a bar. He thinks she's a hooker. She tells him fuck off basically, but she's hanging out everywhere. Like, what was he supposed to think? <laughs> he can get away with those lyrics. That's one of the reasons I am becoming more and more a Bon Scott every time I listen to ACDC. Because the reality is, although Brian Johnson's voice is great, his look plus his voice plus his vocal phrasing can't sell sexy. And Bon Scott can or could, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. He, that's one of my favorite Heat songs. So, you know, what else are we going to say about that? Iron Maiden, that's off my favorite Maiden album. I was going to pick that, but you took it before I could pick it. Mr. Big, I would have picked this song too. And you're right, dude. There is something about Eric and Richie's voice that's absolute magic. And, you know, great guitar work too. You know, Mr. Big, I'm a huge Mr. Big fan, and I love Richie. Uh, to me, Mr. Big is Paul Gilbert, right? Paul Gilbert just had a different flavor to his guitar playing that made Mr. Big who they are. I think Steve Vai could have probably done something different. When Richie joins, they become a different band, really, although they still got all the noodling happening. But Richie's singing, and Paul can do that. So it becomes a little bit of a different band. All phases of Mr. Big work for me. And you know what? Kudos to Eric Martin. For saying, damn, you can sing. Sing with me. Because he could have just been an asshole and say, dude, I'm the lead singer here. Nobody else fucking sings. Yeah. Right? So kudos to him. All right, Priest. Okay. The song has a good groove and the music is cool. But dude, the vocal is meh. And I get it. Oh, my God. Sonny doesn't respect the past. Priest uh, influenced everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, Suffocation is 10,000% better than that fucking song. I'm sorry. Well, it's personal preference and it's different. That's a, it's apples and oranges. I mean, that's. Yeah, it's good and bad. Uh, no, it's not. That song is bad. You got a thousand people that would tell you the Mr. Big song is bad. So it's just, it's all personal preference. Anyway, go ahead. Move along. <laughs> oh, no, I can't move along yet because <laughs> I got to say something else to piss people off. Just as I am saying that the more I hear Bon Scott, the more I'm falling in love with his voice, the more I hear Rob Halford. 
the more I am falling out of love with his voice. I hate Priest the more and more I hear them. So basically, you're killing your credibility. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. For, further, you continue to rag on the new wave of British heavy metal type bands, I will say. <laughs> and then the Cheap Trick song, it's fine. I mean, you're right. It, I like the hits, and She's Tight is one of the hits. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I didn't run into as many issues with the sixth album being not that great. But I pretty much went to bands that I knew very well. And, of course, they were all in my top 100. So I didn't really venture too far out to come up to, damn, that's the sixth album? Like, yuck. I ran across it a lot. Not that I picked all the deepest cuts in the world. But, like, the sixth album for Van Halen is 84. And the sixth song on there is Hot for Teacher. So, I mean, (laughs) okay. (laughs) You know? There's just no reason to rehash some of that stuff. And Van Halen, you know, comes up a lot because they're my top band, but it is what it is. So I just kept running across things and going, man, either the sixth album was okay and the sixth song was not good or they both sucked or they both (laughs) weren't that good. So that was the issue that I kept running into. Just like I told you, so this is a peek behind the curtain. I screwed up earlier and Sonny called me out on it before we recorded the episode here and I was able to uh, replace it. But I had Hardcore Superstar Dreaming in a Casket because that's their sixth album and it's a great record. There's a lot of great rocking stuff on that. But I picked a song that wasn't the sixth song, and the sixth song I don't love. It's okay. I just don't love it. So I kind of screwed that up and had to replace it. But things go on behind the scenes. The sixth song on that record, for those that don't know Hardcore Superstar, will tell you everything you need to know by the title. Wake up dead in a garbage can. (laughs) There you go. That's everything you need to know about that song. Uh, You don't need to go listen to it. It's not that good. Well, and the name of the record is Dreaming in a Casket. So there you go. (laughs) Still going. Still going. Still going. All right. So some other random sixes. So in all five of these are sports. Uh, Some of these are interesting. Like you said, can't make this shit up. So if you're not a golf fan, the four major events in the PGA are the Masters, the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the PGA Championship. Only one man ever has won the Masters six times. Any idea who that is? Tiger Woods. No, bumpkin. Jack Nicholas. Not everything's Tiger Woods. (laughs) (laughs) One of my things before you uh, said it was sitcoms was going to be 60 minutes. (laughs) I was going to blurt out 60 minutes till I realized you were doing sitcoms. Also, only one man has won the British Open six times. You'll never guess who that is. It's a guy named Harry Varden. He won it six times between 1896 and 1914. Yeah, I never heard of him. Yeah. The sixth heavyweight boxing champion ever was a guy named Tommy Burns. He was champion from February 23rd, 1906 to February 26th, 1908. He lost it to a guy named Jack Johnson, who ended up holding the belt for six years. You can't make this shit up. The sixth World Series was played in 1909. Pittsburgh Pirates won over the Detroit Tigers in a 4-3 to three battle, right? Best of seven games. Babe Adams was the winning picture of the final game. He threw a six-hit shutout. <laughs> Dude, it's just how my mind works. What do you want? Like, that's how it goes. Okay. Super Bowl six was in uh, January 16, 1972. Dallas versus Miami. Dallas won 24-3. Uh-huh. The next season. 
is the season where Miami was undefeated, the only undefeated team in NFL history. Yeah. And they happened to win the Super Bowl that year. They happen also to be the sixth different team that ever won a Super Bowl. MVP was Jack Scott, who is a safety, exactly six feet tall. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his number is six. Nope. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Okay. And the last one. So the sixth NBA champion was the Syracuse Nationals won a best of seven over Fort Wayne Pistons. But there's only one NBA team in history that has won exactly six championships. Any idea who that is? And it's not the Lakers or Celtics because they've won a lot more than that. The Bulls. The Bulls are the only ones that have won exactly six. And they were all between 91 and 98 because they didn't win in 94 or 95. Because they were all the years with Jordan. There you go. <laughs> so they were nobody before Jordan, and they're nobody after Jordan. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> yeah. Shut it, LeBron. <laughs> hey, Hollywood. You know what time it is. Let's connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. So for the Kiss Connection, we're going to go with the sixth song from the sixth studio album, which happens to be Love Gun, the title track. But we're going to piss off the entire Kiss Army because I'm not playing the original version with the original four guys. We're going to go with a live version from 1982. So we're live in Rockford, Illinois on the Creatures of the Night Tour. Here is Paul, Gene, Vinnie Vincent, and Eric Carr with Love Gun. I want to tell you a little story. A couple of days ago, we were walking through the airport, and you know those security things? You know, they got those things you got to go through. It checks you out for metal and for all kinds of weapons and stuff. Well, we're walking through there, and wouldn't you know, I go through it, and I set the buzzer off. Now, this security guard comes over to me, and it's my lucky day. She just happens to be a beautiful woman. And she comes walking over to me. She looks at me and she says, I'm afraid I'm going to have to frisk you. I looked at her. I said, baby, go for it. Now, first, I felt these hands in my hair. Then she worked her way onto my shoulder. And before I knew it, she was holding on to my... I looked her in the eye and said, baby, you better check out your pistol permit because you're playing around with my love gun!
I love that stage banter. <laughs> Dude, Paul sounds outstanding on that live track. Yeah, because he's just about to hit his stride vocally. Yeah, it's a good version, though. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Is that from the uh, soundboard recordings? Uh, it's from the box set. Oh, okay. They released a Creatures box set this oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a bunch of live shit on there, yeah. All right, cool. You people are dynamite! All right, so happy birthday, my friend. Happy sixth birthday to you. Happy sixth birthday to the Grown Up Rock podcast. And happy sixth birthday to everybody that's been hanging out with us from the beginning. And if you're new to the podcast, thanks for finding us. We appreciate you coming on board. It's been interesting six years, but there's been a lot to celebrate in that six years for sure. And we've done a lot musically, all the Monsters of Rock cruises and all the concerts and all the rocking pods. And yeah, it's been a great community and a great hang for six years. And we've met a lot of people that uh, we're happy are our friends and hell, we're even going to vacation with some of them, right? <laughs> Yeah, so we're really going to push it because the six of us, which is three podcasters and three wives, <laughs> are going to be on a cruise together for six, seven days. I might end up killing you by the end of that thing. Yeah, and it's not a monster rock cruise, <laughs> so there's no music to break it up. You're not going to end up killing me because what I do on a cruise is basically put my sunglasses on and just kick back. I'm as relaxed as you're going to find me on a cruise. Oh, not when I'm done with you. You're going to be all tuned up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to get good at just not paying attention to you. I'm getting better at letting you not wind me up. <laughs> no, you know what? One of the things that I am absolutely proud of, you know, it's hard to do a podcast for six years. We know plenty of folks that gave up way before six years. And we know plenty of folks that went on and on and on and are still doing it, which is great. We've never missed a week. Not one. Never. Right. And that is hard to do because a lot of life happens between the both of us. Big time. And now we're even putting out more episodes each week and we seem to be doing OK with those as well. So that is one of the things I'm most proud of, too. And I think that's just the business ethic and the uh, work ethic of both of us. And we're organized. We pointed out before that some of our podcasting friends aren't always the most organized people in the world. <laughs> And everybody's got to do things the way that they do them, and that's all good, but that's not how Sonny and I operate, and, and I'm happy that that's the case. <laughs> you know, we got some podcaster friends that are much better off the cuff, and I have to have some structure to it, otherwise I'll be all over the place. Yeah, it's the same for me. If I don't have structure, I'm stressed. And so being able to kind of have some kind of a plan works for me best. All right, well, that's it. Six in the book. If you're looking for something to watch, go watch Daisy Jones and the Six. I found it entertaining on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so there's your uh, show recommendation that's a tie into the number six. I would tell you that show is awesome. I watched the whole thing. You know, supposedly it's supposed to be kind of loosely about Fleetwood Mac, and I don't really like Fleetwood Mac that much, and I thought the show was great. It's just a good watch, and it's good that they use fictitious, and uh, I just I enjoyed it. Both me and my wife enjoyed it. We binged it and knocked it out. It was entertaining. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Until next year's uh, seventh, uh, who knows what we're going to do to tie into the number seven. Uh, hopefully not the seventh album of bands. I don't know. Maybe we will. We'll see. But until next week, do you have anything to add before we get up on out of here? 
Thanks for listening. Keep the feedback coming. See ya. Later. It's time to shuffle, rattle, and roll us out of here. Get ready to turn it up. Hey, you, what you gonna do when the world comes crashing down? A sexy little thing slides up to you and you can tell she gets around. A ruby red lips and electric hips and she's gonna blow your mind. She got no reason, she got no rhyme, but she got you in a It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.